But if you love that person, that's your brother or sister in the faith, and they've sinned against you, tell them so that they can be sanctified, so that they can grow. This idea, yeah, you've hurt me, but I love you enough to tell you what you've done. Not only so you don't do it again, so that you can grow from it, and then you begin to glorify God by not doing it. When you see church hurt happen in scripture, I mean, I know I kind of referenced it a little bit in Galatians, but I mean, you see it happen anywhere else? Where's the thing? We don't, we don't expect church hurt to happen. At the root of church hurt, there is one word that defines it all, and that's betrayal. We feel betrayed. So we look no further than Jesus. And Judas, he was betrayed. And, and, and so you see that in scripture. Peter, I mean, Jesus is loving Peter, mm. discipling Peter. And when it was time for the rubber to meet the road, Peter denied him. I don't know him. That is, that is like- He the, swears on it. I mean, it's he like swears. he's cussing. He is. He's putting an oath down. Right? And it, this idea, not only, dude, in that moment, you have disrespected and dishonored the son of God. Bro, really? That's what we're doing now? And so, I mean, you see it. I mean, that is the prime example. That's what church hurt is. It's, it's betrayal. Hmm. And so we see it right there in scripture. How did Christ respond to it? It's love. It's crazy. <laughs> it sounds so simple. It's so hard to do. Because that's, again, going back to Galatians, where he starts listing the fruit of the Spirit. First one, love. Love. And when he goes through it, I mean, all chapter, the second half of chapter five, all throughout chapter six, love is the pillar of all things because that was the pillar of Christ's ministry to us, was his love for yeah. us. And it's like, it's just wild. I mean, love, grace, mercy, mercy gentleness, you know, patience, patience self control. Self control. Think preach. about that. That'll I mean, preach. So Jesus engages Peter, you love me? Three times, feed my sheep. Mm -hmm. That Again, that's the supernatural aspect that God is calling us to live out. Mm -hmm. Like this idea that it's going to happen. So church hurt will happen. Mm -hmm. We could preach on it, talk about it, have conferences. As long as people are breathing, church hurt will happen. The question is how do we deal with it? Mm -hmm. And I think Jesus... The way he responded to it was hurt. And then here's what he says. For the person that's been hurt, he's like, there's that, that Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary mm. and heavy burden. You're carrying that burden of hurt. You know, you're tired of being hurt. Come to me. Doesn't say go to the church. Mm -hmm. Doesn't say go to your spouse. Mm -hmm. Don't go to the bottle. Don't go anywhere. Come to me, you know, and I will give you rest. This idea that I will, deep word. I will lean into your hurt. I will, I will lean into all of your pain. And what I want to do is I want to take your pain and then give you rest. It's the great exchange. Mm -hmm. I mean, that right there is like, so for anybody that's been hurt, Jesus says, look, come to me. Because it's hard to hurt when we're in the presence of God. Mm. Like when we're fully in his presence, somehow, some way, 
he takes all of that hurt when he begins the healing process, mm -hmm. right? And Jesus says, why? Because I'm gentle and lowly at heart. Mm. I, know what it, I know what it feels like to be broken. I know what it feels like to be betrayed and to be hurt. And so God is like, I'm promising to be with you. And that's when we got to lean in to the scriptures, right? And so, and when we get hurt, we want that revenge. We want people to hurt because we're hurting. It's like Romans 12, 19. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Like, I got it. You don't deal with it. I got it. I'll deal with them the same way I'm dealing with you. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so that can be hard because oftentimes we want to take matters into our own hands and we want to deal with it. But can we be meek? Mm. You know, there's a brother that we know, he says, you know, the strength is in restraint. Can we truly restrain from going off on somebody because they've hurt us? That's the human nature. Right. And well, live up, right. The first codes were eye for an eye. Right. As soon as you get hurt, you hurt someone back the exact same way. Yeah. And Christ says, I mean, and, and this is the whole thing where he says, you know, come to me, you're weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. For my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Yep. The thing that he exchanges are those fruits of the spirit. Right. I mean, it's fruit. Fruit's kind of heavy, right? Because the difficulty becomes, how do I get rid of these things that have been plaguing my life that right. make me want to respond? And how do I start living right. in light of the Holy Spirit in me and keep in step with that and not veer off and do my own thing and, well, I'm going to snap at this person real quick and I'll come back. But keep in step with the Spirit. Yeah. And that's, it, a, that's a beautiful exchange. Because the hurt, his thing, the hurt becomes a yoke. Mm-hmm. When that hurt gets you, I mean, it, it, it takes hold of you and it won't let go. And Jesus is like, look, take my yoke. It's a lot, it's a lot easier to it's deal with. a lot with. lighter. A lot lighter than, than what you're dealing with. You're carrying that. And so I think, you know, we, we got to get to the point where you recognize, look, people are people. Sheep bite. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they bite. And, and so, so we got to get back and say, okay, Lord, they I'm, I'm coming too. to you. Yeah. yeah. Dude, don't get me started. <laughs> and I just humble myself to you. So I, I, that that's where it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting because when we're talking about kind of, you know, how do you respond from church hurt? How did Christ respond? And you see, I mean, I mean, every time I read the crucifixion, it's just like, I get emotional. Because he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? He was yeah. doing right before he cried yeah. out. He was looking. He was wanting, as he's being tortured to death, is looking to lean into his father. Right. Father's not there. In order for us to be able to completely fall on our father, yeah. the sacrifice that he went through so that we could always have that access yeah. to always be able to fall on him. And I think just like as we're thinking about this, like if you're suffering from church hurt and you're listening to this, Fall at the feet of Jesus first. Yeah. Run to him because he he gets it. Yeah. He I mean, gets it. Bro, I think there's something else too, Pastor. It's uh I don't want to make it seem like we you know, you just you're a doormat and you just take the church hurt. Mm -hmm. Because in the scriptures you also see Jesus holding the religious leaders accountable. Mm -hmm. Right? And so I would say find someone in the church that is a respected elder or leader in the church that will hold the person that has hurt you accountable, mm -hmm. right? You got Jesus flipping over, flipping over tables like, whoa, what are we doing? You know, 
This is a house of prayer. You're like, how, how but, yeah. You? And so I think part of that too is, is in that church, as we're laboring before the Lord, allowing God to heal us, then we have to tell somebody what's going on. And, but somebody that can help us and journey with us through this process. And if we can find somebody more mature in the faith, somebody that can, can go to the person that hurt us and say, look, we got to talk. Here's what you've done and hold them accountable mm-hmm. because we want them to grow from this, this experience as well. And so they need to go through some type of rebuke, right? So they don't do it again to somebody else. Mm. And so when somebody says something, that's why it's so important to practice that Matthew 18, this idea when we get offended, so we got to talk about it mm-hmm. before it escalates and gets, and gets out of control. And you know, it's beautiful. If the person who has hurt you really is following after Christ right? and they hear it, they will repent. Right. Because the Holy Spirit in them will convict them to, the, to repent. And then you get a beautiful picture of Christ's forgiveness right. as you get to forgive someone and then walk in restoration. Right. doesn't mean that the pain or hurt is immediately gone, but it means the healing process has begun. Right. But too often, I mean, we, we, we get so passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, that's not, I'm not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. And we'll say, yeah, but God, you know, God has called me to be, you know, at peace with people by all means possible. Yeah. But if you love that person, that's your brother or sister in the faith, and they've sinned against you, tell them mm-hmm. so that they can be sanctified, so that they can grow. This idea, yeah, you've hurt me, but I love you enough to tell you what you've done. Not only so you don't do it again, so that you can grow from it. And then you begin to glorify God by not doing it mm-hmm. and then pay it forward. And then next time it'll be you telling somebody else to stop doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But too often we don't want to call it out. Nobody likes to be called out, but we got to call it out. Mm-hmm. We're family. That's what family does. We call mm-hmm. each other out. And and we you still gotta, love each other. And you got to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit, not right. through your own vengeance. Right. If, for those of you that are just listening, Malcolm's wearing a shirt right now that says peacemaker. Oh, on yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a reminder of what we're called to be, even when we're hurt. Yeah. Because even Jesus, watching his friends betray him and watching people he hasn't ever met that he's dying for in that moment, his response is peaceable. Right. Where he says, forgive them. They don't even know Mm. what they're doing. And he just looks at Peter, doesn't yell at him. Told you so. (laughs) Why you have to keep doing this to me? Mm Mm-hmm. He doesn't slap Judas in the face when he's going to pretend to wash his feet. Still, I would have just tossed the water in his right. face. Be like, it's this guy. Still wash the feet. That's crazy. You see the peace of Jesus. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just imagining Peter and him looking over the rooster crows the third time. And you just see Jesus looking at him. And I bet you there's disappointment in his eyes. There wasn't any yelling. Yeah. So I probably didn't flip him off or anything like that. He's just, he's walking. And Jesus he's like, like bro, what you doing? Really? Come on. <laughs> Come on. That is response because then he confronts him. Yeah. Do you love me? Do you love me? He confronts Do you love him. Me? And he restores Peter with right. three affirmations of love after three denials. Right. And that's what we got to wow. do. That's our example. We got to restore people. That's Even after they've hurt us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think Juneteenth is coming up. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think that we'd be remiss to not talk about historical church hurt for a moment in light of this date coming up. Yeah, the church has been 
Let me say, that's a track record of the church that's not good when it comes to issues of racism, mm -hmm. ethnocentrism. And, and so, again, that, that church hurt has been birthed out of that. You know what I mean? I mean, so you look at the, the Methodist church, and I know people will probably start Googling this when I say it, but the African Methodist Episcopal Church was birthed out of the Methodist church being racist mm -hmm. and mistreating African-Americans. So Richard Allen and others stepped away to start their own thing. Mm -hmm. That's church hurt. Absolutely. Divide. It divided. And so now, and it's not just that, but when you think of issues of like racism, classism, sexism, ageism, mm -hmm. right? All the isms, right? It's, it leads to church hurt and it snowballs into this huge divide that we see today. And, and we haven't even talked about sexual abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse, and any other type of abuse that occurs in the church. Mm -hmm. And so we, got, we have to realize that when we start talking about issues like Juneteenth and equality and, and, being, and treating people with equity and equanimity and what mm -hmm. we've talked about in the past, mm -hmm. that as a church, we, we have to stop being silent on these issues. We've got to start addressing these issues own up to our mess ups, own our sin, mm -hmm. but then admit that we've done it wrong. We haven't gotten it right 100% of the time, yep. but then, okay, how do we move forward and apologize, confess that stuff. Mm -hmm. And for everyone that we've hurt, hey, look, we're sorry. We mm -hmm. messed up. Mm -hmm. how, do, how do we make it right? Yeah. And then go from there. And so uh, that, that's been a history of the church too often through, through silence or inaction. The church has, we have allowed this stuff to continue. And I think if we're going to continue to keep our prophetic voice, we have to speak to these issues mm -hmm. and say, okay, I keep saying enough of that. Mm -hmm. Right. The world wants the church, I believe, to be the church. We got to stop being the world. You know, we got to be the church. Because the world is comfortable with the status quo. Right. And the status quo is, well, they have their worship style and we have our worship style. Right. And it's literally church leaders talking in us versus them dialogue about right. each other who are both supposed to be brothers in Christ. Right. It's like, why aren't you, why aren't you just worshiping? To me, it's no, to me, it's no different. And I know, you know, people may get offended by this and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's almost like, you know, you got the bloods and the crips mm -hmm. and gangs. You got Presbyterian Baptists, you know, Methodist Lutherans, and we're just going at each other. It's like, dude, enough, stop. Mm -hmm. When you got, you got people in the world, you know, these thugs gangbanging over territory that they don't even own. It's not theirs. And here we are as Christians, we got this beef, right? Mm -hmm. Over what? Oh, over Jesus and the practice of theology. Well, and he doesn't religion. think like I think. And, it's, and God is sitting back like, what are y'all doing? And Paul was like, you know, who are you following? You following Apollos? Who, who are you following? We follow Christ. Mm -hmm. Because, and, and by doing this, the oneness is messed up. The witness is messed up. And right now, because of racism that we've allowed in the church and all the other isms, again, the world looks at it like, 
We don't want what you have to offer. Why? Because you look, I can get that. You look worse than you, my community you, does. Yeah, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not a part of the solution. You're the problem. Mm -hmm. Why would I come to the problem? Mm -hmm. The world wants a solution. So why not? So give him Christ. Give him Jesus. Mm -hmm. The one who restores all things, heals all things. And, and breaks down all those barriers. Yeah. Stop so, putting them back up. Yeah. And we do it. What does he say? Uh, whenever someone adds anything to salvation. And I think about that, that man you talked about that walked into the church wearing that shirt. Because for that church, it was salvation and relationship with Christ equals faith plus you look how we look. Right. Christ then dies for nothing because mm -hmm. he died to break down any barrier. When it's faith plus your skin needs to look pretty similar to mine, and then you can have fellowship with me. Bro, Christ died for nothing then. Bro, it's like, it's like that guy in the shirt, he came to the church looking for life, but he got death. Mm -hmm. it, that's crazy. We're going to places it hurts. to seek life, and we end up getting death which means at that church when it happened that's that's a dead church mm -hmm. he's going to seek life in a place that's dead i mean think about that mm -hmm. how often do we go to seek life in dead places mm -hmm. and that's when we get hurt yep you know mary goes man i feel like preaching right now do it mary goes to the tomb she goes to a dead place you know what i mean and it's like no, he's not here he's risen Mm -hmm. You're coming to the wrong place. Mm -hmm. You got to go someplace else to find Christ. Like he's not in the dead place anymore. And I think we got churches that are dead places and people go there to find life and they get hurt. And what they really gotten is death. Then they don't want to go to church anymore. Mm -hmm. And so now I want to encourage, you know, every pastor, every leader to make sure that your church is giving life mm. across the board. It's not faith plus the way you look or faith plus, you know, your skin color or faith, plus, you know, you have to worship the way we worship. It's not Jesus and something else. It's just Jesus. And so what happens is you have this, you have this idea, some people call it bounded set thinking, this idea that you have to meet my criteria and I get to determine if that's holy or not hmm. versus center set thinking, which Christ is at the center, is what you're doing moving you closer to the center where Christ is. Mm -hmm. So I'm not concerned about the hat that you have on or the pants that you that sagging and stuff like that. What I'm concerned about is the heart. So my job as the leader or as even the lay person is to nurture you and to walk with you. So as the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart, that way as the inside grows, the outside will reflect that. Mm -hmm. And if that means that God wants you to pull your pants up, you pull your pants up. But it may be that the Holy Spirit wants you to keep your pants sagging so that you can go back into the hood to find other cats whose pants are sagging because they can relate to you. And you bring them back to the church. Say, look, let me take you to a church. They don't care if your pants are sagging. They care about your heart. Mm. That's life given. There it is. You know, and I don't care about your tattoos. I don't care about, you know, right now your sexual orientation. I want you to meet Jesus Amen. because when you meet Jesus, the real Jesus, Things get changed. and you come to him on his terms and not your own, mm -hmm. he'll change all that stuff up instead of people coming to the church and we beat them up or people who are in church that are struggling with this stuff and we make fun of it. So we make fun of people who struggle with trans issues and identity issues and now they don't want to say anything because they're thinking, all you're going to do is laugh at me.
So the word you're preaching to them isn't giving life. It's death. Mm. So they walk out hopeless. And they figure, well, if this church is like this, other churches are like this. And what happens is the danger is they'll end up going to another church that may not even be preaching the real gospel. It tells them what they want to hear, and they think, okay, that's real. Mm. No, that's not real. Whose fault is that? That's our fault. Mm. We pushed them to that. Absolutely. So, yeah. I'm done. That's my soapbox. I'm going to get off of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just am struck by the idea where the person says, you're just going to laugh at me when all we're called to do is love on people. Right. And you laugh instead of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Breaks I, my heart. I've been there, man. I've been there. It, it's, I've been there as a parishioner. I've been hurt. I've been hurt as a pastor. And, and dude, I mean, it's, it's so subtle. And that's what the enemy does. It's a very subtle hurt. And it's over and over and over to the point you're like, I'm just done. Mm. So for me, I walked away from church mm. because of church hurt. I walked away from ministry because of it. And, and my family suffered from it. Um, and my, my family suffered for it. So, yeah. So how would you say... We kind of wrap this up. Mm-hmm. If you could say one thing to every person who's listening to this and is going, I don't know, I'm still hurting. What would you say to that person suffering from church hurt? Church hurt is real. And I don't wish anybody, I, I hate that people have to go through it. And, and I would say, the first thing I say is I'm sorry. Mm. You know, I'm sorry that you have to go through this pain, through this hurt. Um, but there's hope. And if you need counseling, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Get counseling, get therapy. Find somebody you can confide in, even if you have to pay them. Mm-hmm. Find that person. Um, and if you have to process, if it takes you years to process it, it takes years to process. It doesn't happen overnight. And 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 so... Because the problem is this, it can lead to personal ungodliness if not dealt with. Hmm. And so it can really cause you to spiral down if you haven't dealt with it. And, and so I would say that, and I would say this also that, understand that Jesus knows what it means. He knows what it means to be betrayed. He knows what it means to be hurt. But here's what I love about it. Jesus, before he was the great shepherd, he was a sheep. Hmm. I mean, the lamb was slain for us. He gets it, right? The great shepherd gets it. But, but if I can encourage you with this kind of, uh, I guess, illustration or analogy using the scriptures, without the betrayal, there could be no crucifixion. Hmm. Without the crucifixion, there's no death. And without the death, there's no resurrection. Mm-hmm. The resurrection, new life wouldn't happen if there was never betrayal, there was never hurt. God works all things out for the good of those who love him, those who've been called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. So when you're asking yourself, why do I have to go through this hurt? Because there's new life that God is trying to birth out of you, mm-hmm. that this hurt had to happen, the betrayal had to happen so that you could experience the crucifixion mm-hmm. and the death and all that pain comes along with it. Because here's the thing, if we're saying we want to, be holy like he is holy, 
if we truly want to, to, to share in his sufferings and know the power of the resurrection like Christ, that means by all things possible, by any means possible to experience that death, we got to go through it. Mm-hmm. And somehow God does it. I'm not saying it's right, but understand that there's new life coming mm-hmm. from the hurt. And so if that's the case, grow from it. Learn from it as you're healing. Don't become bitter. Mm-hmm. Try not to become bitter. Like, become better. Mm-hmm. And if it means you have to walk away from the church that you're, you're, you're at, then you walk away. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we want to be loyal to a fault. Mm-hmm. God can use you at that church. He can take and go to some pl- another church. He can still use you. The anointing is still there. It doesn't like go away because you're not at that church anymore. Right. So go find that Acts 2, 42 to 47 community. Find that place where you can really grow. We can really get into the scriptures. You can really break bread with folks. Folks are praying for you, loving on you, giving you what you need to help you grow. If you're not getting it there, go someplace else. It's okay to walk away. Mm-hmm. I think too often we think we got to stay. We feel obligated to stay. No, that may not be the case. Or it could be the case. But you determine where you need to go, what that next step is. By truly spending time with the Father in the presence and taking all that hurt. And Jesus says, come to me. You're hurting? Come to me. Hmm. So I'm sorry you've been hurt, but I, I mean, for me, I'm a living and breathing example. I was hurt in 2014. There was church hurt in 2015. I walked away from the church, didn't do ministry. And in 2017, I came here. Hmm. Because God had to restore me. Hmm. And what I realized is this. I put too high of an expectation on people. I didn't expect people in the church to hurt me. Now, I expect people to be people. Hmm. There's no one righteous, no, not one. So I don't idolize people anymore. I don't lift them up anymore. I'm like, you're a person. I'm here to serve Jesus. He's the only one I'm going to lift up. I'm not lifting you up. Hmm. I appreciate you and I love you. But I'm not going to make you a God in my life. I'm not going to idolize ministry. I'm not going to idolize the church anymore. I worship one God, Jesus Christ and him alone. And so I, I would say to that person, hey, maybe you've been hurt because you, you put stock in the wrong thing. Mm. And it's okay. Fall back. Go back to the Father. Go back into the, into the arms of the Father. Worship him, him alone. Seek him his righteousness first and everything else you need, that restoration, that strength, that renewed sense of passion, that vision for that pastor that's listening. And you're like, man, I don't know if God can use me anymore because I've been hurt. Yes, God can use you. As a matter of fact, that church hurt qualifies you to be used Mm -hmm. because now you understand. And now blessed are those who are merciful. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because they have given mercy, right? People who've been hurt by the church recognize when other people have been hurt by the church and they can extend more mercy to those people. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I think just to wrap it up, as you're talking about that, give God the chance to prove himself to be true when he says what man meant for evil. Right. I can turn into good for right. you. I can change this. Yeah. If you'll give me the chance and trust me. Yeah. If you can trust me. Yeah. That's a, this has been a great conversation, man. Hey man, it's, it's a tough conversation. Mm -hmm. That, that verse, that 
blessed are the merciful, for they'll receive mercy. I think, God, I'm here because I've given people mercy and because that God's given me mercy. Mm. And he's given me a second, maybe maybe more than a second chance, maybe more like a fifth chance yeah. to serve his people. And so us talking really, it opened up some stuff that I hadn't really processed. Mm. So thank you for allowing me, giving me this opportunity to share because it made me go back and make sure that I'd really reconciled with those who had hurt me. Mm. And I believe I've done a good job of it. And I'm still, I'm still growing. We're all working uh, in progress. But hey. Thanks for being vulnerable and sharing that, man. Praise the Lord, brother. Always Amen. here. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope that you've benefited from this podcast. This is something that a lot of people are hurting and walking through. And we want to, even virtually over the internet, we want to help walk with you alongside that in fellowship and in love. So uh, if you think that this would benefit a friend or if you think that this is something good to, to share, please do, you know, like, subscribe. We want to keep putting content out like this so that people can keep being edified. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope you have a blessed week.